So, good evening, everyone, or uh, I think we learned bonsoir, is that what you said? Uh, so, good evening, good to see you all, and glad to see you out. And um, so, this evening, I'm going to speak on, I uh, want to get to uh, John 15, basically, is the goal. But I want to go the scenic route, kind of, and look at some other passages that we've seen recently uh, concerning the the regular life of a, of a Christian I think it's normal things that Christians face and uh, I hope you like my title slide uh, so if English isn't your first language you're probably like what the heck but this says produce produce uh, which is ridiculous because they're spelled exactly the same way <laughs> but if English isn't your first language this is produce produce and produce is a word for like fruits vegetables uh, groceries yeah the good stuff rabbit food um, and as Christians you know we should uh, produce produce we should produce fruit in our spiritual lives spiritual fruit is what I want to talk about and um, defeating distractions like we've been kind of hearing recently in a, a few different messages so uh, let's just open in prayer and ask God to bless bless our time together. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, enabling us to have spiritual life, God. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ and for forgiveness for sins, God. And I pray that you would strengthen us, encourage us from your word, and that we'd be fed this evening as we look at the words of Christ and what he gave us to do and how he wants us, how you want us to live this life, Lord. So uh, we just pray in, in your name, in your holy name. Amen. Okay. So yeah, it's about Christian work, and um, so not all works are spiritual. In fact, probably most of work that we do is, is not spiritual. But as Christians, we need to have spiritual activity and spiritual growth and spiritual fruit in our lives. So let's put this back to the clicker. Here we go. Nice. Um, so a few weeks ago, um, we heard about in Mark chapter 4, about the parable of the sower. And in the parable of the sower, the sower is sowing the seed of God's word. And God's word um, falls on different hearts. And different hearts have different conditions. And John really hit it out of the park telling us about the kind of heart that we need to have to receive God's word. And so these are the, the thorns and the bird. The bird is uh, Satan. So I have here... Um, Mark chapter 4. If you, if you want to turn there, you can. I'm not going to be there f for long. Mark 4.18 says this. Um, and others are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enters in and chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. And there are those that are the ones on whom seen was so seed was sown on the good soil and they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30, 60, and a hundredfold. And so we live in a fallen world and there's natural opposition natural from the natural state of the world to living a spiritually 
a spiritual fruitful life. And these are normal challenges. Um, and I noticed that there's many ways to be unfruitful, but only one way to be fruitful. And that one way is to have an honest and sincere heart and space for God's word in our hearts. And so in that parable, the thorns is the concerns of daily life. And actually, I think it's shallow ground and not weeds, but uh, I just put weeds. And the bird in this case is Satan, not this specific bird. Um, I always thought budgies were kind of evil myself, like <laughs> evil looking. <laughs> but not that guy specifically, but Satan, you know, the spiritual forces of darkness that oppress and enslave people every day. Um, and the world, you know, we hear, if you watch the news, you hear every day, the world is kind of spiraling out of control every day. And that's Satan's work. Um, and so, yeah, distractions. <coughs> like, if you're a Canadian, or maybe you're, you've come to Canada recently, it, it, it's basically mandatory to cheer for hockey teams here. Like, you, you have to pretend to enjoy it, or you have to have a team, so, like, go Mooseheads or whatever. I think they have a game tonight. Um, and some for some people, you know, this can be, like, thorns and weeds, and it can be, like, weeds that detract from our spiritual life. Probably for more, more commonly, is like smartphones. <coughs> it's not evil to own an iPhone. It's definitely not evil to own an Android phone. Um, maybe iPhones. <laughs> but uh, they're useful. We rely on them a lot. A lot of us rely on these things a lot. And they're useful. And so it's not evil. It's not wrong by itself. But it can be thorns and weeds. And I think we all know the struggle of just being distracted by our phones. And I just re really appreciated, I think it impacted me. Um, John's message on this a few weeks ago. Or one that I think about a lot is like, you know, having a good career, really important, money. It's important, we need it to make ends meet. And it has a big impact on life. So I think because it has such a big impact, it can money and career can easily become an idol in life or cross that line into becoming a, a hindrance rather than something that's good. And um, but I have here Proverbs 15:16 says, "Better to have little with fear of the Lord than to have great treasure and inner turmoil." So would you sacrifice your peace of heart to have a good job? Or Proverbs 16:8, "Better a little with righteousness than great gain with injustice." Would you compromise your morals to have gain? Uh, Psalm 37:16 says, "Better is the little of the righteous than the abundance of many wicked." So, you know that kind of thing—it's legitimate to have a career. Obviously, we all want that, but um, it can—it can just cross that line into thorns and weeds. Is just my point there. Um, and then, just uh, I guess last week we heard kind of Stephen alluded to John's message and spoke on prayer. And in Philippians 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So we need to take hold of that deep spiritual peace by prayer. And it's, kind of, it's a tonic 
and a, a way to combat against that the distractions and the, the difficulty and the challenges that we face uh, just in the, in the Christian walk, in the Christian way, following Christ in the way that he told us to live. I think we all live with a constant, uh, most Christians, if not all Christians, have a constant awareness of these verses. First um, Corinthians 3, 12 to 15 says, if anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer yet loss, but yet be sa will be saved, even though as one escaping through the, faint, the flames. And verse 11 it talks about, you know, Jesus Christ is that foundation of the believer. And we all have that Salvation is that foundation, um, but what do we build on that? And that's it. That's durable. Like you know, nothing's going to move Christ. But our daily activities. I think we all live with this in mind that we're here for uh, like a higher mission than just hanging out until we die and go to heaven. Um, and so this is kind of uh, like an. Uh, object, I guess, lesson of that was like the Notre Dame. That was unfortunate. It's not good. But most of the Notre Dame survived the structure. Most of the interior survived. It's just the top part of wood that burnt the scaffolding. Um, so we want our spiritual legacy to be like that. We want our spiritual works and spiritual fruit to be more lasting than just um, temporary things um, or just works that aren't spiritual you know I'm an engineer uh, electrical engineer I say I, I'm doing really great work I designed the best power amplifier that the world has ever seen and really successful but does it really matter that's gonna go that's gonna burn up in flames and it has no consequence it's not gonna save any souls so um, just keeping the mission clear I guess keeping the importance of um, what we do with our time clear. So uh, what I wanted to talk about to get to this, was, and this, that was the scenic route, by the way, um, where, what I was meditating on was John chapter 15. And th this is such a precious chapter, an important chapter, because um, this chapter and, and surrounding ones where Jesus basically tells us how to live as followers of Christ um, and how, how to be disciples. He basically just explains the whole thing. And so we're going to go through it. Uh, there's basically three sections in chapter 15. There's the first section, which is basically about abiding or following Christ. And the second section is uh, about uh, being loving and and therefore being having a servant heart. And then the last section is about being separate from the world. So we're going to try and cover all this in about 10 minutes. Um, so it's up here if you want, but really, I guess, turning to John chapter 15 is the better thing. Um, so I'll read it here from verses 1 to 11. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. 
You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Uh, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I also, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. So that's the first section. Uh, it's about abiding. And that's the key word in that section, um, which means to follow after, and we'll, we'll see that. And the, the metaphor given is about a vine and how uh, the little vines that bear fruit, that would be us, uh, they attach to the big vine that gives them life. And so getting the little vines, getting us to produce fruit optimally, that requires a lot of gardening skill and knowledge in the metaphor. And so that's God's job is to shape our person um, and shape us to be fruitful Christians. And so I'm sure there are entire books purely devoted to the pruning of fruit-bearing trees and vines because it's, I know it's a very complicated thing, how to cut a plant. And I think that's, I, th I believe that's part of the metaphor intentionally because God knows that a person is a complex thing and um, shaping them is a very um, difficult task that requires God's skill and expertise. I seriously don't believe that any of us are qualified to construct another person, but God is qualified to shape someone, to prune someone. Um, I think that's his role. I, I believe that. And um, if, a, if a little vine could say, could talk, when it's being pruned, it would say like, ouch, this, ouch, this hurts, this is terrible. Stop, <laughs> please don't cut, me, cut away at me. Please don't take that away from me. Um, but it's for the purpose of bearing fruit. And the Bible speaks to enduring tribulation, enduring um, and persevering. And it's all for the purpose of spiritual fruit. And that's the goal. What kind of things are fruit? Um, well, I would say worship is one, true worship. Not just, not music necessarily, not especially not the performance of music not doing that poorly, but not doing that just as a performance. Um, it can be, worship can be in silence, worship can be in prayer. Um, that's definitely a fruit. Prayer is a fruit, I would say, of a good spiritual life. Mm. And so in this section, um, yeah, abiding means being spiritually connected to Christ. Uh, Jesus said, I am the way, and I, I, I would think the word abide, that just 
really means to follow after Jesus um, or to remain in, to continue in Jesus' way and to do life the way he told us to. And on, yeah, I said already, on its own, the branch has no life. Um, so we have no spiritual life apart from the Bible, from God's word. And it's not automatic. And uh, the key thing is the word in all, of, in all of this section. It's mentioned in verse 3 and verse 7. And so it says, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. So Jesus says his teachings uh, have a purifying effect. And then in verse 7, if it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So God's word can even align our desires to God's desires so that when we pray, we are able to ask and think the right way. And God can grant that because it's in his will. Um, I th the key in abiding, I, I believe, I firmly believe, is being in God's word. And I think that's clear from verses 3 and 7 and abiding in Christ. Christ is the word, right? So um, just abiding in the word and being full of God's word, that is what abiding is. And having the having space in your heart to allow the word to have a home. Um, so the next section is about service. And so it says, this is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit, and that your fruit would remain, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name he may give to you. This I command you, that you love one another. So we're here again about the lasting fruit, um, like a spiritual legacy, um, or something that's not material that just lasts until the sun sets and the day is over and then it's gone uh, um, time kind of uh, wasted so Jesus had a servant's heart and he instructs us to have a heart like his to uh, he washed the feet of his disciples in an act of service to show us how to be servants and so being a servant is uh, definitely like how we're supposed to treat each other, to be loving. And so acts of, s acts of service are acts of love. And honestly, so I have found um, personally being, moving out and being married, it's, it's an adjustment to um, how much you can take on as, as being like a servant to people. Because when I was single and living with my parents, it was pretty easy to give my time and effort away. Someone was like, all right, I need a move. And I'm like, okay, I can do like the whole thing. Because <laughs> I just had that freedom. Um, and Paul speaks to this in 1 Corinthians. I think it's chapter 7 or 11, some prime number. Um, but when I was single, I could just say yes to whatever. And it was fine. 
And but like in the context of marriage, this passage is still important, of course, because um, service exists. Being a servant, it still exists, and uh, maybe even more in marriage. But it's it's uh, caught up more in itself, uh, where I honestly can understand what Paul was saying when he said there are there are benefits to being single, because um, I definitely remember just being like, okay, yeah, sure, I can do that. No problem. Uh, I didn't have to cook. I didn't have to clean. <laughs> I didn't have to do groceries. I had my own car. So it was easy. I just hop in the car, whatever. All my clothes were dirty. I had terrible style, but whatever. It was a different time, different life. Um, but it's just, it's interesting seeing that transition myself. Um, so I'm sure there's more in these passages. Uh, I'm just bringing forward what hit me. So finally, uh, it's about the world and the relationship, the relationship of the disciple to the world. And so this kind of comes full circle back to the weeds and thorns and birds, the distractions and the difficulties that, the normal difficulties that we face as Christians. Um, so I'll read this. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. For you were of the world, if you were of the world, the world would love its own, but because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world because of, I'm, I'm so lost, but I chose you out of the world because of this world hates you. Remember that, I think my eyes are uh, not working so good. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also but all these things they will do to you for my name's sake because they do not know the one who sent me if I had not come and spoken to them they would not have sinned but now they have no excuse for the sin he who hates me hates my father also if I had not done among them the works which no one else did they would not have sinned but now they have both seen and hated me and my father as well but they have done this to fulfill the word that was written to their law in their law they hated me without a cause when the helper comes whom i will send to you from the father that is the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father he will testify about me and you will testify also because you have been with me from the beginning um yeah the world and so jesus is clearly aware of the fact that our battle is not against flesh and blood but against uh, principalities and powers spiritual powers and it's an invisible battle and the world opposes the Christian way because it opposes Christ because the Christian way is Christ he said I am the way and to follow Christ is to follow his word to follow his commandments and it's normal to have to battle to live the way that Jesus told us to live to struggle to keep on the narrow path and so we shouldn't be surprised to find opposition even in a regular course of a day or a regular life as a Christian. Uh, so we count on God's grace and mercy to be in the world and not of the world, as it says in um, verse 18, and to be able to keep our hearts and minds pure from what's evil all around. And I think this is the source uh, of, this is the 
the weeds and thorns that we deal with mostly on a daily basis is the temptations and the demands of the world because we have to be in it to some extent. We have to because we have to uh, be able to make provision for our, uh, our families and to be able to make a living. And so the majority of that, it's very rare that you can find someone who can work like for a Christian boss with Christian colleagues. It just doesn't happen. So we're forced to be in the world and not be of the world. And I think that I, I have seen, you know, that that is a huge challenge. And for my life, I want the workplace to not be a place of compromise. And I think that's a huge danger. Um, and so not every path is open to Christians. Let's just face it. We, we don't have the same kind of freedom, I guess, in a way, as a as an unsaved person because they can be in the world and be in their element but the world hates people who would who would take a stand for what's right and so these things are just what I've been thinking on meditating on in John chapter 15 um, based on you know what what we what we've been being fed through uh, different messages and and I think this chapter is just truly tells us so much about how to how to live as a Christian. And it's something that is constantly, forever, as long as we're alive, I think something that we will always have to work on and, and um, make an effort to, have to be spiritually fruitful and to, uh, to follow Christ's way. So uh, I'll close in prayer now, and maybe we could end with a song. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to make a way for us, Lord. And I pray that you would help us to follow you and to focus our hearts and our minds, Lord, and to help us to uh, burn away all the cobwebs and dross. And Lord, just help us to be um, focused and uh, desiring to honor you in our all of our lives, Lord. I pray that you would refine us and prune us and help us, Lord, to ever be glorifying you, God, and I pray that um, you'd keep us this week and uh, help us and bless us, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.